Welcome to Go Meet, a wrestling podcast. I am here today with the return of Justin. How are you doing, brother? Living the dream, baby. Living the dream. It is dreamy out there. It is dreamy. Speaking of dream sequences, have you been watching Raw lately? Wow. That was a that was a hell of a segue right there. Right? Yeah. We're going to talk all things WWE today. We are going to do a just a just touch a little bit on we haven't done a whole lot about the Rumble, about the last few episodes of WWE here at Go Home Heat, so we are going to touch on a lot of that. But basically we're going to talk about the Rumble Briefly and in a way that leads us into the last few episodes of WWE television and into Elimination Chamber, which is the road, as we know, to WrestleMania. Mania, 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 mania. Yes. Did you think that the Rumble winners were correct? I think there's two issues here. One, do I think the Rumble winners were correct? For the women's match, yes. Definitely I do. And I thought the match itself was good as far as the women's Royal Rumble match, I felt was a good match. The men's Royal Rumble match, I think the right winner, probably considering the people they had in it. But the match overall was kind of, it was lackluster. The moment Roman interferes, you know the result of the Rumble. I almost felt like, and of course I'm a Seth Mark, so I'm, I'm cheating here, but... I almost felt like it would have been more interesting had Seth been the one to enter the Rumble and win. And then you had him, he could have fiddled around and acted like he was going to pick one. And then eventually, either he's a heel, so he could, although you couldn't, you can't tell he's a heel right now by the way the crowd acts, but he is. No, dude, but the way they ended that match was not a heel end. That, you know what, you know what ending that was? Yeah, that was the old, that was the Bret Hart Stone Cold ending. I, I but think then you're here's right. my problem. Go ahead. And I just want to kind of build off of that because you talk about going into the next. They did this great match between Seth and Roman with this great cool ending. And the next week, who do I get is Roman's next challenger, or or who's he in the program with now? Is it the guy he just had this epically emotional cool match with, or is it? The guy he's had a feud with for six, you know, six months on and off, and his manager is tied to. No, no, sir, it's not. It's neither one of those people. Well, he gets he gets Lesnar at Mania, so that I can almost forgive. What I don't, I just don't get WWE TV. I was trying to figure out what is because lately I'm going through some form of a enter turmoil with my WWE television. And I think the problem is it's everything that happens when it happens feels like it is a good thing. It feels like mm-hmm. it's productive. You, it's mm-hmm. just I don't have any trust that this goes anywhere. That's my thing right there. That's that's it in a nutshell. In the moment, they do good things. That moment with with Roman and Seth, that was great storytelling. Absolutely. That was that, was, that whole match was a master class in but, how to tell a story. But it's like everything they do is like a standalone. Yeah. It's like, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like, remember in the 80s when you watch stuff like A-Team and Knight Rider, all the, or Magnum, P.I., those shows didn't have a running plot. You just yeah. had episodes. Now right. people have gotten addicted and watch shows that have 
you don't have many shows like that. Everything has a meta plot, a running plot, right? That connects everything together. And WWE's almost seem like they're regressing into. I'm just going to compartmentalize everything so much. There's nothing's connected, right? Like because Seth and Roman weren't given any time to to create a feud. No, but the story'd been told over years, and they're so good it didn't matter. They all they needed matter. all they needed was to walk in the ring and look at each other, and you knew the story, right? Yeah. So, and for Seth to come in there in the holy cow shield music in the shield outfit, dude, that was. That was- that was master class. His music to being choked out and Roman screaming, he won't let me let him go. And then we get Bill freaking Goldberg. And we'll just, I just want to finish the Bill Goldberg program out. I, I hope that Roman does exactly what he said he was going to do in the two interviews he did on Monday. I hope he, I hope he Goldberg's Goldberg. I hope they allow him to walk in there, tackle Don't Bill Goldberg him. and win. My guess is the only reason Bill Goldberg wrestles every Saudi show is that there is a there is a man with a whole bunch of money over there that watched a lot of WCW Nitro. Eric, I'm going to point. I mean, uh, Kevin, I'm going to point something out though. Do you realize how weird that statement you just really, if you say geopolitically, do you realize how weird that statement you just made is? You know what is it? What was it? Was this the original move's name supposed to be? The Hebrew Hammer. Oh my goodness! I did not. I have not heard that. That is incredible. So it was very close to that. If it wasn't, you know, because he's very, you know, openly Jewish, and it's kind of. I don't know. That's interesting, though. I don't. But it has to be right because I mean he ran. It has to because be, every time that shows over there, Goldberg's the centerpiece. I've watched Seth in a program with the Fiend step on that guy's head. He hit him with a mallet. It didn't kill him. Stepped on his head 45 times in a match. Yeah, it, did, it didn't put him down. Threw him into electrical stuff, and there was an explosion. Yes. And the Fiend came out of the explosion and choked Seth down. And you know what happened when Goldberg faced him? One spear. One spear is doing. <laughs> yeah, right. But I hope they allow... I hope they allow Roman to do that, and it doesn't wind up having to be some kind of thing where Paul Heyman interferes or whatever. And let's just put it away. Although, let's be honest: if if, if they're going to do what they've been doing with Big E, and we'll get there in a minute, then I want Big what? E. I want Big E and Goldberg at brutally abusing him and 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 wasting him. Okay, Is that what you're referring to using him. So let's go. Let's go into that because we know we're getting Roman and Goldberg. And then we're going to get Roman and Lesnar at, at Mania. We know that's happening. So let's go into the tag team divisions quickly while we're here. The Usos are fighting the Viking Raiders. It was a quick feud they threw together. There's not a whole lot of heat there, but I, I believe the match will be very good. On, on the show, though, you, you do have the New Day, who just lost to the legendary lovers, the Los Letharios, The Okay, so they go over clean-ish. I mean, I don't think they did anything wrong in beating the New Day. And we have Big E and... Big E used to be the WWE champion. You remember that? Kofi, too. Doesn't that seem like a long time ago? It's crazy. Wait, that a few weeks ago? Is it, he losing to now? Los Letharios. Part of that, though, and I, I realize that, is this is another thing, right? They did away with catering, right? They cut all of catering. Nobody, nobody, Nobody's in catering anymore. Everybody that's, on the, everybody that's on the program has got a, uh, is in a program. Every woman that's in WWE right now that isn't hurt is in a program. And I yes. don't think that's a bad thing. And I've, I've enjoyed some of it, and I, I think that's actually good. 
However, when you don't have anybody in catering, I can't have Los Letharios win three matches to justify how they out of the blue beat New Day. Because of what they have three other tag teams. Los Letharios will have a great match. We switch over to the other side and we have Gable and Otis. And I'm looking at this, what I've got, right? You start out this first half hour of this Raw episode. Gable and Otis, Riddle and Orton have been providing this strange TV, which we get in their tag division, other than the Usos, who for some reason, besides the back shaving stuff that sent FTR running away and the stuff on the butt was the icy, icy hot on the butt there that sent FTR running away. Uh huh. Other than that, they've managed to avoid a lot of this stuff because they've been in programs with the King. Yeah, with the tribal chief, they haven't. Been, they haven't been playing golf with Vikings, right? Or and so you have Gable. Months. So you have Gable and Odie doing these brain competitions and scooter competitions with Ort with Orton, who I cannot believe I'm seeing in these scenarios and Riddle, and I honestly don't even hate it. No, because it's like watching a like a, a hitman do do a reality show or something like that. Because Orton's like seeing Orton do ridiculousness is never going to get old for me, probably. <laughs> because, right. Well, like, he, it doesn't doesn't fit. Right? He has he has fifteen to twenty years of not being ridiculous. No. So it's like no. if, if Clint Eastwood did a but, did a comedy. But everybody forgets he has had his moments, and when he gets his moments to ham it up, he does seem to enjoy it. Well, especially now. That he's got. Go watch the Undertaker's return, Randy Orton reaction. The look on his face, buddy. He looked, oh, it was hilarious. But to your point, we think he's enjoying it. However, I've heard he's requested for some time off. You know, he may be just playing cool for everybody. And I don't do care. If Randy's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Correct. Correct. Of course. When the Street Profits get this match, obviously Orton is a single star. Riddle is becoming that. Very much so, and, and he's gotten over so much with the fan base. I don't love his shtick outside of the ring. I like him when he rings the bell. Boy, when he rings the bell, when they ring the bell, buddy, he is uh, he's all that in a bag of Dorito chips. Right. Think about his other. At some point, I thought it was all just. I think that's just him. I think that's you know the old you know him turned up to eleven. It's pretty much just him. I I agree. I agree, and I don't know that you could write anything else for him. Yeah. Because I, I I don't think he could play a different role but i think he can play himself pretty good and when you look at the career trajectory of otis and all the different phases of stuff he's been through with heavy machinery and then mandy and now this oddly enough he has excelled in everything he has done everything he's been given and that's crap included he's done his best with i'm i'm a huge otis mark i think that guy's he's got a cool unique look he reminds me of bam bam bigelow he reminds me of uh of Vader when he wasn't being a dick. You know, he reminds me of those kind of guys. There's a big place in wrestling for that kind of imposing physique kind of, but quick and agile kind of guy with enough charisma and personality that Otis has. He has personality. He's not a blank slate. You know who else is starting to feel like a star is Chad Gable. Chad Gable should be. I agree with that. And I thought the match, and again, it's odd because it's the Street Profits, who we, we, we believe are tag team royalty. And they lose this match to the champs, which makes sense when you say it because they're the champs. However, I thought it was a good way to, you could call it 50 50 book. And it wasn't really a roll up. It was just Dawson, who is a big athletic man 
allowed his weight to get in a position and, and Gable, a man who is well-versed in expert at utilizing your weight against you. Right. He just sat down on him and held him. And it boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. One, two. And it yeah. worked. And you have Gable who, go ahead. Here's the thing with Gable in the ring. You can sell me on that dude getting a three-second pin on anybody at any time. And that's one of those things that they've, I think they've missed the boat on, is that dude doesn't have to dominate a match. He doesn't have to be a killer. He just has to be the best wrestler in the ring, and he can catch anybody slipping for a three count. Exactly. They should almost kind of book him like uh, like uh, Yano, but not with the comedy junk. But just the, I can steal the match from anybody. Right, which they've done here as a tag team. If they allow him to stay with Otis, and they can turn this thing a little darker if they want to. And, and Otis become the solo guy and Ch- Chad become a wrestling version of a manager. Yeah. They can go as far as they want with this because Chad is another guy who they have handed chicken crap a bunch of times and he's made, you know, shine a lot of it. He's made it work. Online, a bunch of people say he reminds them of Kurt Angle and I, the background is there and the wrestling moves are there because he's also athletic along with it. But he also yeah. reminds you of Angle once you put a microphone in his hand. He has those yeah. same qualities. He's even really more likable. I do like Gable and Otis, and I like what's going on in this tag division. I think we keep it through Mania. What do you think? They wind up wrestling the Street Profits at Mania or something? I think that's where we're headed. I think so, too. Now, your mid-card stuff, we had Priest and AJ, which I thought was a good match. And AJ goes over, which I do. I guess Priest probably wins in the rematch. What do you think about that? I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think they care about this. I don't think they care about either mid-card belts right now. Oh, I, just think- I don't know, man. I feel like they're putting a whole lot of TV time into I'm not saying that they're doing it really well. <laughs> I yeah, feel- that's my point. I feel like the Priest character, which is a caricature in a way, arc of I'm, a, I'm Priest sometimes and I'm Damien sometimes is... A little like that was a feels like a Vince thing. Make even Damien. Yeah. You know? It feels like it feels like he was sitting back there and he goes, You know what? I think we should put you in a gladiator outfit. Wade already did that. No, wait, we'll have you do one thing because I only like one names. So you can only have one name at a time. So you'll be a different guy when you got this one name. And a different this is the ultimate expression of the Vince McMahon character philosophy right here when you change their names they're different people am i allowed to take this to another level what if i'm not a good i don't have a good one but what if we uh remember hogan remember how he'd hulk up what's a darker edgier version of hulking up for the modern time damien damien does that feel like it he this is their modern version of a hulk up right he goes to that dark place orton went to the the most ridiculous level they bring back jake the snake roberts and it turns out damien priest is actually Damien in disguise. Wow. Yes, he is the snake. <laughs> but in all James Earl Jones could come in and guest star. In all seriousness though, he turned into a snake too. Without the the mess, he is defending the title quite a bit on the shows. He's having good matches. He better than Shin's current. Well, supposedly Shin was hurt. And they were trying to figure out, they didn't want to take him off TV, and now he's back to where he can kind of wrestle. So they've, he's had a couple of tag team matches and stuff. So I, I think they were in a weird writing position there. 
because the crowd was popping for Boogs so much and for Shinsuke's entrance so much and for Pat's hamming it up so much that they didn't want to take that away from the live crowd. Mm-hmm. So I think they're in a weird spot. I don't know how you wade through that water as a writer. But let's keep talking about that. Sami Zayn has, yes. been, has been in this, this weird program with Knoxville. And he manages, again, we have a guy like Gable, a guy that can make anything you hand him work. Usually this stuff sucks. Right. The celebrity stuff that we get, you know, we've sat through some terrible versions of that, that particular. Right. And this wasn't that bad. And the other, no, no. And, and the other thing about it was that Sammy manages to get back into the IC title picture. I thought the, the, the podcasting gimmick they give him works pretty good. The great thing about Sammy is he's so awkward naturally that yes. if he says something and it completely doesn't work and he just stands there, it almost feels like that's the way it should have been because he's yeah. supposed to not work. It's, it's like the family guy thing where they'll do the long pause. It'll just be quiet. Everybody will be, it'll be really awkward. Yeah, he's good at that. And so he winds up the electrocution and the in the in the Luva kick and all that. He's getting a match with Shin. I kind of already know the result. If you're listening to this a week earlier, I don't want to tell you, but I will say this: Sammy is going to be a big thing going forward, regardless. And it is very interesting that he can lose so much, and he could lose to Johnny Knoxville at some point, and it would not change the fact that we will still have him in main event Mm-mm. because no. he. He's going to always matter because I can hand him anything and he can make it work. Oh, but now when that guy came out there, I thought he was a throwaway. I don't know. Something about that dude. He's freak, man. In the ring, that dude can do some stuff. Absolutely. That is the thing Vince has done with, and he's actually, we didn't see it because we didn't get that that's what was going on with the, with the call-ups from NXT when we get an Otis and we get Boogs. But he is filling his roster with legitimate wrestlers. And now mm-hmm. if you watch NXT, all those guys are all those guys were college wrestlers. And Boogs has turns out has personality. Dude. Like in the free mustache and the Freddie Mercury uh vo- vocal exercise callback from the Wembley Stadium concert. Shinsuke is such a huge like Queen Freddie Mercury fan. Well who isn't? Yeah, well, yeah. Weirdos <laughs> aren't. Right. But, uh, let's- Let's keep going with Big E and uh, Kevin Owens and everything. But, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my boy Boots. He's been uh, he's been a revelation at times. Now, terrifyingly enough, they are doing some form of a program of Kevin Owens, you may not even be in Mania. Oddly enough, guarantees that in some way he will be in WrestleMania. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little worried that it's going to be because they have to do two days worth of shows. It's a lot. So that's kind of hard for me to imagine them doing triple threat threats in the main event. Perfect world, Seth is in the triple threat, Roman and Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And they and they just kill it for a half hour. And, you know, they beat the hell out of Rollins and then somebody wins at the end. Perfect world to me. But I don't think they can do that because I don't think I think they need Seth to have, you know, 10 minutes worth of walkouts with some other person and then a 20 minute match because they need a uh, 40 minute block taken up and there's two nights of WrestleMania, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it tell, and you know, he just, he just had a match recently at WrestleMania with Kevin Owens, but the way things went the other night with Kevin getting jumped post match and, and then them threatening him not to have a match and you have all this swing. So maybe you could get me on the, get me in this. Ma- it feels like maybe they're going to give us a rematch. Mm hmm. Which I'm a little worried. I enjoy them together. I thought they've been a, revel- a revelation together as rest- as a, as. A- but you know as well as I do, the WWE as soon as they put two people together are already thinking, all right, when are we going to break these guys up? 
Right. Stunned that Orton hasn't hasn't RKO'd Riddle yet. Well, he already did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Riddle just forgave him for it, and I think the fans were so hot that they were like, you know, can't right. kill it. Well, let me say this. That, that the end of that show where you have Owens and you have uh, first Seth and Riddle put on a good little ten minute match and then they go to the same trope they always go to where there's interference and then everybody's standing there and we come back from break and we have another ten minute match. Where's and, Teddy Long? Right. I thought this was good. Ending made sense with Seth pulling it out as we as he's the one who's heading into Elimination Chamber, and he does it on Riddle, who will also be in Elimination Chamber. And then, of course, Kevin Owens hugs him, and when they're leaving, the RKO gets hit on Owens. Seth's laughing as he walks away. It was done pretty well, but it did make me worried that we're breaking him up because when Kevin Owens was wrestling Theory and beat Theory clean, that crowd was so Owens. The crowd is very Riddle Orton oriented generally. That wasn't like that when those two. They were for everybody watching that match. The crowd was for whoever was doing something good. All these guys, you know. Speaking of chance, and I'm just going to brush over this quickly because The Miz is another guy that makes everything work. He had those people chanting Cheater like it was preschool. I don't mind him being in a program with these guys. If If they take this thing on through to Mania, that's fine. I don't have a clue. I think what they're going to wind up doing with Edge, going back to the Priest-AJ thing, is I think AJ winds up with Edge. And I'm all for it. That's a great match. You know, and it is. it is Absolutely. They they can destroy it. What do you think happens at Elimination Chamber with Lashley and Rollins and Riddle and Lesnar and Theory? Lesnar wins. You think they're going to try to unify the titles? I think it's going to be belt versus belt. Lesnar versus Roman. So does that mean... The two shows thing throws me off if you're going to unify the Yeah, belts. because you got to fill up a lot of time with the no championship matches if your two champions are in 30, 40 minutes of your show. Because right. you can't do two championship matches. Right. Right. And you know, Lesnar, I mean, he can work, but he ain't going to do no Iron Man match. Hell no. Not without a bonus. As in, like, a double my salary bonus. <laughs> yeah. Like, $24 million. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. You know, Riddle and Riddle and Seth will be willing to take those beatings. Theory will be willing to take a beating. Lashley and Lesnar will be more than happy to dish them out. So it should be fun. It should be a great matchup. Now let's move into the women's division. Like I said, it's every woman on the show is involved. Even Tamina running around with our truth, and, and you know, I don't even hate it. Well, no, it's our truth, man. Come on, right? And Tamina's kind of funny. In her she own, can't beat. She's a good straight man. She's a good, correct. If you're old, she's a good Dean Martin. I, I don't. I don't hate Reggie falling in love with uh, Dana Brooke. Reggie is magic, and it, and he does tend to make things work as well. And who who decided that Reggie has to be oddly in the friend zone with well with Nia? I guess he wasn't in the friend zone, was he? It was weird. She dressed him. He was like her toy. Yes, which is. I guess that is the definition of friend zone, right? And I would know, but that's another that's another podcast. True story. <laughs> okay, now you you turn around though, and you have the you know Becky's going to wrestle Lita. I thought every woman that wrestled in the Rumble that has been retired did great. I felt like the, all mm-hmm. those all those girls have stayed in shape, and they all were able to take bumps if they needed to. They were all able to. It worked. I thought that was. That was the difference between the two Rumbles, right? Is you brought the entire Divas generation back, and they all did well. And then you have Lita, who's actually pre-Divas generation, and she's still in shape. 
and she has done well enough and got a big enough pop that they've decided, hey, we're going to give her a one-off here with Becky. And I'm sure Becky goes over. I'm sure it's a good match. Becky is... I watched the, the Becky did a podcast with Stone Cold, and she talked about working with the younger talent and trying to the division seem formidable. And Stone Cold said that shouldn't have been your job. Shouldn't have been you. Shouldn't have had to create a division to be formidable. That the, the uh-huh. Booker the Booker should do that for you. <laughs> yeah, you, that's not. Yeah, you shouldn't take three weeks to get live up to where we think Liv can beat you. We shouldn't have to take three weeks to get Dewdrop up to where, oh, well, maybe she can win. And by the time these matches are over, she didn't really have to do that with Bianca, of course. But by the time these matches were over, we did believe these women could possibly win. We didn't believe – let me rephrase that. (laughs) Becky ain't about to lose the belt. But they did seem formidable, and there were moments where she felt in jeopardy. So I think she's done a good job of doing that in the division – and I, I do think it's time for her to lose that belt, but I think that happens at Mania. I'm still holding out hope that it's Bianca, but we have this match to set up who it's, who's going to have a chance here. And we got Liv, Dewdrop, Bianca, Rhea, Nikki, and who do you think? Asuka, Sasha, Bailey. Which one's healthy enough? Sasha. Sasha seems healthy enough, but Asuka to me feels like they haven't mentioned her at all. Yeah. So she would actually be a surprise. Yeah. I don't think she goes over there. I, I think that it's either Bianca or Rhea. Rhea just got out of the program with Nikki. I feel like also both of those girls deserve a win at Mania. I think Bianca needs to win it. I have this weird feeling that Rhea winds up going through and getting into this program with Becky and winning it. But I feel like Bianca should get it. I just don't. I don't know, they, dude. They've broken my heart so much on this Bianca thing. I don't know what to do. You've done that with so many characters. I ha- Again, it's the episodic TV problem. They've got stars. And they use other people to promote their stars. And then they throw them away and go on to the next episode. And then they don't even kind of come up with anything for that person to do while they're not in the program with the stars. So they end up put- puttering around doing nonsense, which only weakens them as a character until they get back into the program with the star and you're supposed to all of a sudden you know take them seriously again right well the one thing they've managed to do right here on the way to mania in this division is you you know rhea's been out on the outside looking in because she's in this thing with nikki but they haven't put bianca Dewdrop, and live they didn't move them away from each other after they lost they continue to fight each other because we know that it's between those people and they get wins over one another and whatever but it's those people involved in whoever's going to be the one that beats Becky. So in that way, I don't think that – and I'm talking about strictly the last four weeks or whatever. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about in general because in general, your point is more than valid. Speaking of long-term programs, though, Naomi and Sonya are going to wind up in a tag team match at Elimination Chamber. We'll find out about that. I will I will go ahead and divulge that spoiler, although it shouldn't be a spoiler after the ending of SmackDown last night. That's going well, pretty obvious that was where they were going. Right. So we're going to have three three women's matches in Saudi. Many things you can say about Ronda Rousey, but one thing you cannot say is that her judo is not beautiful. That oh. little armed shoulder throw she hit on Sonya Deville, like it was just nothing. That was so slick. Oh, dude. The, yeah, again, I, my only issue with with Ronda winning the Rumble, so many other women that work here 
could have used that. Well, yeah. But like, again, like, like Ronda can literally just walk in the door and say, hey, I'm wrestling you for the championship. And there's really nothing anybody would argue. But in the Stone Cold argument, is it Ronda's job to fix WWE's problem of that they haven't made any of these girls look formidable? But I, I don't think that's true. I think we would accept Bianca Belair versus Sasha. I mean, versus Charlotte. I think we would accept, I guess you're right, with Dewdrop and Liv, but with with Ripley, with Sasha, with, with Bailey, with, well, two of them, are, those girls are hurt, but with, with Ripley, Sasha, or Bianca, I think any one of them could have won the Rumble. We would have completely accepted it. Oh, I would have accepted either one of those those three, but the fact that all three of those people are in desperate straits and needing a validation win to get them back into that is not, that's WWE's problem. Right. Bianca Belair should have been so over by now that when she walks into the room, she should be able to say, all right, I want a championship match. Because I'm the one, I, because I didn't just spend six months getting pumped by Bip, you know, Becky Lynch. Oh, wait, I did just spend six months getting pumped by Becky Lynch. Fair enough. I don't disagree with, I, I don't think Rhonda solves the problem either because all she does is kick no, a can down no. the road. You still have no, the same problem. Like you said, though, to fix this in this moment, when you got Rhonda there, you can take Bianca, Ripley, Dewdrop. And if you book them right now, when the Ronda thing's over with, you've got some people ready to step. But you have to actually invest in them now. Not wait until the Ronda thing's over with and then try to fix somebody. I totally agree. You know what I heard the other day and I just started laughing? And it's just a... Man, I wish I wrote... I gotta start writing down some of you guys' tweets. They're not tweeted to me anyway, but this guy said, I feel like the Bellas are going to come back and win the tag team titles at Mania and then retire the tag team titles. And I just started laughing because it makes sense. It makes more sense than continuing the tag team division because you haven't, you don't haven't, you have what two, do you have two teams? No, they have one. They have the champ, Mel and Zelina. That's it. There's no, there's, there is no other tag because the, the other tag team broke up. Now this they have tag teams in NXT. So stupid. What are they competing for? To get broke up when they go to the main roster? <laughs> What's the point? I've never... Oh, my God. Speaking of which, though, I have I've really enjoyed Aaliyah and Talia. And then, Chun, then Zia Lee comes out. I like that. Oh, I liked it. You I know... The protector stupid, he, but he, I'm going to let that go. The, the what? The protector. Right, right. I get... Uh, yeah, the moniker itself is kind of dumb. Right. I just... A Tony John movie called The Protector. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. I, I mean, I don't think you are wrong on that one. I, here, here's the thing, though. I like it. I like the fact that Zia Lee looks formidable and running these people off. And, and uh-huh. it, those of us who watched NXT know she is a an ass kicker. Uh-huh. And I love uh, – Alea has really turned into a great little sports entertainer. Again, what hope do I have that this matters? And I, I say that, and yet they, they – in an odd way, they have – done a slightly better job of having, I think three months ago, I didn't feel like anybody was involved in anything. And at least right now, all the women seem to be working in programs, which is good. Yes. You know, whether or not I, I love the program, I don't know. I think that it, Naomi has suddenly feels like she should be like that match she had with Charlotte last night. Dude, Naomi. I had any confidence they're going to, but since this is my problem, 
I have so many of these in my head now of all these people that got real close. They get real close because they're the flavor of the month. And then they just get, they disappear down the card. And I don't, you know, I invest all this emotion in them for this stuff. It's like, what's Cesaro doing now? That I was just fixing to say that Seth and Cesaro had this thing and Seth kind of got him to a point. Not that he had to get him to that point because we know how great Cesaro is. But in the storylines, he got him to the point where he goes up, loses to Roman, then on the way back down, loses to Seth. And now he gets, you know, he's getting jobbed out. Cesaro's an afterthought in a mid card rivalry. Cesaro is the pro, is the poster child of the conversation you're having about WWE where once you go up the card and you get your shot, you go back down, and there's really not a whole lot they do with you post that. You've got me vested in them, this emotional journey, and then you're just like, well, forget that. We're on to the next week's monster of the week, and that one will come back next season. It's not that kind of show. It's a soap opera. you got to have plot lines for everybody. Right, and you need plot lines under plot lines. Exactly. The the reason why Roman Reigns, and I feel like the Goldberg thing put a big speed bump in the middle of what was a really great, great run Roman had had over this extended title run has been wonderful, is that he has monthly challengers along with an undercurrent storyline that works every week, and it changes. There's an ebb and flow of a story underneath the I've got the belt story. Exactly. There's drama. Correct. And that's why Roman is different from everything else on WWE television. It's also, if you notice, AEW is starting to do a really good job of that. Okay, just an example. I don't do a whole lot of crossover talk in these shows, but... Adam Cole comes out after Hangman wins his match on Wednesday. He pats the title. He doesn't slap Hangman. He doesn't super kick a guy who's been through a big fight, even though he's the heel, because he recruited. It's just like Seth and Roman. There's a bunch of time with these two men that people know about if they're wrestling fans. He recruited Hangman to Bullet Club. He recruited Jay White to Bullet Club. And so you have, so when he pats that title, it's, in a way, it's big time in him. I, I brought I you have- here to this big stage, and it's a shame I'm the one who's going to take you away from the big stage. But it's time yeah. for me to take you away from the big stage. And it probably has to do with the fact that you have Punk and Christian and Daniel Bryan. And you know, you but have. You, but also, they're, they're doing something that's smart, and that's they're recognizing canon from other sources to build stories for themselves. 100%. That is absolutely everything. Every single character is allowed to call back to the characters they had in other companies. Yes. And you also have... So you have... You're drawing on uh, Lucha Underground, New Japan, AAA, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor. And you know what... You're drawing on, you know... Look at all this, the, this plots you can pull from. And you know what you're doing on accident or, or as a, per, a peripheral thing in the middle of all this? You're rewarding the fan for being a wrestling fan. Exactly. For knowing knowing this stuff. Right. For, for having watched Lucha Underground, for having watched all this stuff. And you're also – and the reason why I said those names is you have now – with Punk, especially with Punk and Daniel Bryan and Cole and the Bucks, you have some of the Jericho, you know, 
you have some of the great, great Eddie Kingston, some of the great, great minds of how to tell stories mm-hmm. walking around. And Tony, I mean, even if Tony were only the kind of guy that kind of talks to him in, in passing and allows him to come in and just kind of sits around quiet and listens to other people talk, he would have to learn. And I don't think he's like that. I think he, I think that they do get together after work and they supposedly walks around with a big, big duffel bag, a white claw, whatever. But I also think that it's not WCW. We're in the bar and Scott, no knock on Scott Hall, but you know, he's got a girl on his shoulders and we're partying, but we're also watching Raw on TV. What? These guys are not partiers. He's got, I mean, they're partiers, but they're wrestling nerds. I mean, right. You know, Megan wants to sit around and play video games. Right. Or, or dragons. Or, well, what made, you know, what, according to the click, made the click better than everybody else? They talked wrestling 24 7. In this, maybe they're not talking it 24 7, but they're definitely talking about it before and after work with one another. Mm hmm. And when you, when MJF walks backstage, there's people there that can say, hey, that was really great. What if you would have done this? Jake the Snake is walking around backstage, for God's sake. That guy has forgotten more wrestling than everybody else knows. That guy made the Ultimate Warrior look halfway decent in a program. Right. And you have people like that in WWE. I just don't think other well, than... They just fired a bunch of them. Well, also, though, I don't think that Seth... Uh, outside of Seth Roman, I think those are the only guys that get to tell their own stories. Yeah, that's it. I think Sammy makes something good out of other people's stuff. I think Kevin Owens makes something good out of other people's stuff. And I think Kevin goes off script when he walks out there because he knows they're not going to fire him. And that allows the story to kind of wind up having a life of its own, which is pretty much the same thing as <laughs> yeah. being, you know. And I, that's why I think. Him and him and Seth worked so well because regardless of whether or not there was heat with them at one time, they have been through so much together that they get to reference everything smugly, tongue in cheek, the whole time, and it works beautifully. And I don't know that I feel like those two guys could give us the best work of their careers in the next few mo- months and years. And I know Roman's just hitting his stride. The, the real oh, yeah. question with Roman will be, what does he do when he loses the belt? Yes. Right? That'll be the real question. But I don't think we get there anytime soon because I don't think Vince or Fox is willing to take the belt off that dude. I guarantee you. You think the Prince wants Goldberg? Fox don't want to take – they're at $2.2 million. They don't want to go to $1.9. And I don't believe it would drop that much, but they don't know that. No. And but I think they have said that gets you that gets you locked into a bad pattern though, because you know WWE Kevin have they ever been given an opportunity to if they could take something and make it last the right length of time, or make it last ten times longer than it should until everybody hates it, which one do they do? Well, they sure enough pulled the trigger on Big E early. <laughs> what? How many years of his career? Damn. I'm never going to let that go, man. I'm never going to let that go. I thought, and I still believe, Big E is the right guy to take this company into the future. He is. 
and I'm never going to not think that. And Bianca Belair is too. Well, I still believe. <laughs> I still believe in Bianca. I do too. I still believe they get to Bianca, be greatest AEW Women's Champion ever. Oh my God, that Bianca Belair Jade Cargo match is going to be off the chain in three off years. Chain. Vince <laughs> apparently wants her. Who Cargill? Yeah. Yeah, you think? Yeah. He's looking at her. He's like, man, we need a girl like that who's really strong, athletic, powerful, charismatic. <laughs> well, only we had a female wrestler like that on our roster that we could utilize. Man, what could we do with that? Correct. <laughs> oh, my God. Then he's probably also thinking she just needs to because you know Jade is really starting to progress as a wrestler. You know she's starting to have a little, a little better match. You know, she's starting to really progress in ring. To me, I think she is. And, she's better, yeah. And uh, you know he's probably thinking, well, she probably needs to slow it down because if you're going to be if you're going to be a monster, you only need a couple of moves, right? You don't want to confuse yeah. the crowd. No, dude. That's why you know. I was wondering what, the, what what's the world going to do with Brian Cage, and I thought, well, you know, WWE likes big men. And then I was like, well, I mean, Vince would be like, dude, absolutely not. You know, just wrestle like the, there is no top rope. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? You're, you're not allowed to do that. Right, right. And don't get me wrong. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Hey, I, so let's go through this card real quick. Okay, okay. Naomi. Ronda, Sonya, Charlotte, who wins? Uh, Na- uh, Ronda and uh, Naomi. Obviously. Liv, Dewdrop, Bianca, Rhea. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with my heart and say Bianca, but I think you're right and it's Rhea. Okay, uh, I'm going to say it's 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 Rhea, but I'm rooting for Bianca too. Moss and, obviously, Bray Wyatt's winning, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Lynch and Lita. Uh, oh, Lynch, come on. Okay. Lashley, Rollins, Theory, Riddle, Lesnar. You said Lesnar. I'm going to I'm gonna say Lashley retains somehow. Okay. I think I think Lashley retains, and I think he right pinned. Choice. Huh? I actually think that's the right choice. It, I think we wind up with some form of Riddle, Rollins, Lashley, and Lesnar at the end. And whether it's Riddle or Rollins that winds up in there with Lashley and Lesnar, I feel really bad for whichever one. <laughs> oh, one has to take the bump. Yeah, because that's going to be twenty-five minutes in. Yeah, and they're yeah. fixing to go to Suplex City with oh, all two the, all the, all the steel. Right, it, it's going to feel like they've been training with Taz. <laughs> yes, it'll be like. Huh. Hook's going to be sitting over there in the corner going, now you know what it's like to be me. <laughs> yes, yes. You didn't clean your room up? Bam! Yes, and you got Goldberg in, you got Goldberg in one move. Now, here's the only thing I think about when I think Roman runs through Goldberg and wins and Biggie and, and I'm going to try to end this thing on what could be a positive note for all of us in the middle of all this muck. Is, and not that I don't enjoy all this, okay? Of course I do. I, I wouldn't watch it. Goldberg gets run through one move. New Day's losing matches left and right. Big E, Goldberg, WrestleMania, and we get both 
the taped version of Bump That, Big Meaty Men Bumping Big Meat over and over and over for that whole month leading into Mania. And then we get live versions of that. I like it. That, I like my friend, it. is That's the, the drink. Dude, bump that. You want your, you want your Iron Man matches? <laughs> you five-star classics? Screw that. <laughs> uh-uh. That's not what I want. Give me Biggie running through Goldberg on the apron before the match even starts. Lord knows if it's 45 seconds, Goldberg might die. Well, dude, you know what? I wouldn't even mind Goldberg running through Big E and then to see Big E stand and begin crying at the beauty of the match you just had. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanking the Lord first and then raising Bill Goldberg's hand as Bill has no clue why this is fun. Your wrestling's real to him, damn it. All right, so for my man Justin, this is me, KP. This has been a Go Home Eat production. Copyright 2022. Check out our friends at Skin Project. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. They also have this wonderful pod section that we are included with. Justin. Go home. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. (laughs) 